If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Jay's Pack, Sex Caliber Bones a Lot, Madeline Edward Sunzi, Alyssa Vixen, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Boise, Jeremy, Ali, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby West, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Jonathan, Kate, Isaac, and Karoon. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in Facebook, which is pretty much like a Haddonfield, where we hang out daily. Todd was like, I would go if it was Compton. I was like, no, no, you wouldn't have made it. Because there was like a lot of times where I was scared. Mikey's talking to, about a haunted house he went to, by the way. In, yeah. the, in the woods. Yeah, in the, the woods. dead woods in Lebanon, Tennessee. What he was describing sounded like hiking, but also there are people in the woods with chainsaws. So it sounds terrifying. I'm fine with the chainsaws. It's the hiking part. I'm, I'm not, not at all surprised to hear that for. based upon your TikTok algorithm page. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like just scare actors throughout the whole thing, like just scaring the shit out of you. No, 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 but you're what? It's a hike, Mikey. I don't care how you disguise it. I would say a hike needs a terrain change, like a, a like a like up and down elevation. There's no elevation change. Okay, all right. I could be talked into it with no elevation changes. Yeah, you're not going up a hill and then going through. Yeah, no, it's like all flat. Okay. But Paige, the thing that I wouldn't tell you until right before we left is that we have to do it backwards once we get to the end of it. <laughs> well, you know what? Unlike you, Todd, I'm not a fucking pussy. No, <laughs> That's really funny. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made us watch Halloween, Halloween 4. 4, The Return of Michael Myers. So is this the first time you guys had seen this movie before? No. Yes, and yet there were so many things in it that have been done to death in the Halloween series that I was like, no, I've basically seen this one, I think. I think it's a lot like the first one. But, like, what did you guys think about this one as a return to the Halloween franchise? Okay, there's some things I like. There's some things I didn't like. Same. I, I didn't like bad posture Michael Myers. Oh, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> Such a slouch, Michael. Like, come on. He doesn't look intimidating. He looks like he has a medical problem for most of the film. I think part of that for me is the mask. 
the mask is all wrong. Oh, you mean the white face mask? Like yes. it's super white face. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like white complexion. It's like ghostly white. It doesn't fit him either. No, it is super loose on his face. It looks like someone left the original Mike Myers mask out in the sun since they filmed the second one. And it's just, they grabbed it and threw it on him. I believe they could not find the original mask. And this is a new mask for this one. Yes. This is a new mask. So it wasn't weathered enough. That's what's up. Okay. And then the ending was probably my favorite part. But I do think it's more of a paint by numbers. Y'all fuckers didn't like Halloween 3. Yeah. Here's what you get. The most hashtag basic paint by numbers Halloween film we can get. I didn't care about any character. I didn't know a ton about any character. Dr. Loomis was like, okay, Dr. Loomis is here. Check. Okay, he did this. Check. Dr. Loomis is awesome in this movie, though. He is a doctor that becomes like a grizzled cop for no reason in this movie, and I loved that about him. I noticed his government plates, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I do like Dr. Loomis's character. Dude, Dr. Loomis is unhinged and a man on a mission, and I love that for him. But it's like, okay, now he, it, it, it's very like just like – Let's do all the cliches from the first two films and like throw it up there. Yeah. I was rooting for Brady to die. So there was that at least. But I, I did feel like this is a paint by numbers Halloween movie. There's only one section of it that I was like, oh, that is truly frightening imagery. And it's once he's thrown the older sister off the roof and the little girl is just running through the streets screaming, help me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this would be so good in a better movie. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, I think some of that in a better movie stuff is just like this movie was made in the 80s and they just don't look as good, sound as good, feel as creepy as like the newer Halloween movies. Um, Halloween 1 and 2, like... I think are just better movies. Yeah. I think this movie's better than Halloween 2, in my opinion. Well, yeah, because Halloween 2 is the one where she's in the hospital the whole time, right? I like it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I, I sort of dug Halloween 2 as well. But this one I dug a lot. I, I actually like this movie quite a bit because I think it is very basic. Not scary. Yeah, I got but it. It also was not very scary. I do think the te most tense moment is the one Paige just described. And the yeah. only other time I was like, Ugh, was when he like reached through the side window at the end. Oh, ripped that guy's face off like this was Roadhouse? Yes. I was like, good Lord. I was like, okay, Patrick Swayze. Let's I know. Go. See, the only, the only time I felt like that is when she murdered the stepmom or whatever in the bathtub. And I was like, oh, that's creepy shit. And then her at the end, like coming down the stairs. Yeah, and Dr. Loomis like, no. I thought it was awesome that Loomis was about to waste her. He was like, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, he's like, no, not again. <laughs> That's a real Mikey kind of a move. That's all I'm saying. For me, this is better than two. Yeah. But two is fun in in its craziness, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're running around the darkest hospital the entire Halloween two. Isn't there a hot tub in that hospital? Yes, there is. Yeah, exactly. Yes, like, yeah, there's a hot nuts. tub <laughs> in the hospital page. <laughs> right, right. And so this one does feel most like the first. Michael Myers drains all the blood out of a nurse which <laughs> that's right i love that he does steal a car in this one which i like yeah. he does steal a car and and then blew up an entire gas station just by driving by it yeah i was like this is amazing it's wild cool, cool guys don't look back yeah exactly <laughs> he doesn't look back well and this is also its own timeline within the halloween franchise because there's no Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, he doesn't know that yet. What What do you mean he doesn't know that yet? Michael doesn't know that or Todd? Todd doesn't know that. No, Todd does because Todd's actually seen 
a whole other timeline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the most recent movies, Laurie Strode's still alive, and we've done those. Right. And in this one, she died. I don't think yes. they said how she died, right? They, they didn't, she but didn't she died right around Halloween. But yeah, it's because <laughs> she didn't sign yeah. a contract is the real reason. Yes, yeah, so this is, I believe, its own timeline, just like three is its own timeline. I'm, I would assume that they were going to have Jamie Lee Curtis back, or they wanted, and she just didn't want to do another one. That is what happened. So they then, they sort of changed the story around. That like makes sense to me. She like blew up, you know, her career yeah. got bigger. She yeah. did like a fish called Wanda and all those bigger movies, and she was like no longer a scream scream queen yeah uh, until she like sort of returns to those roots later in life which i think i love that she did and i think those movies are great but i also sort of dug this one a continuation of the story where he's now going after her daughter who he's never met and would have no real connection to but i'm here for it in h2o my favorite of the sequels <laughs> it combines this where he goes after her family but she comes back so wait in h2o does she come back and she had just faked her death she she moved away she has her own family okay. josh hartnett is her son okay so my question is does this daughter still exist in h2o no no okay no, no. Okay. there's five different halloween timelines <laughs> good god there's you know when you start so we start with first halloween right yeah one and two the same timeline then three's its own timeline no 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 okay three's its own timeline right are one and two not their own timeline yeah one and two are one possible timeline out of three branches but then one and two branch off into two separate branches right so four five and six so we've started four. Oh yeah four five and six are with Lori dead okay so we've started a trilogy here in the middle yes. with no Lori strode and this is the first one of that trilogy mm -hmm. oh my god okay and and this is also one of the timelines where we've established that Lori is Michael's sister. That is not always the case. That is the case in this weird timeline. And I believe it's the case with H2O and Resurrection. Or no, H2O and Resurrection, she has her own family, but she's not related to Michael. No, no, H2O, I think he's still related to her. I thought, she, I thought they were related in the first one too, right? No, it was not till Halloween 2, I think, until that yeah. comes up. And then okay. Rob Zombie's Halloween only follows Halloween 1, not Halloween 2. Right, that's its own timeline. Halloween Kills and the newest ones follow 1 and 2. No, 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 they only follow 1, not 2. They only follow 1, not 2, yeah. Because she's not a sibling. My perfect Halloween sequel basically would be Josh Hartnett as Jamie Lee Curtis's son and Michael Myers versus Josh Hartnett. That's all I want for my Halloween franchise. But Michael Myers is like just a dude, right? So like he is too old now to be a threat. It depends well, on which timeline. Yeah, it's so in the timeline we're in right now, Halloween 4, he is not supernatural. We have not established him to be supernatural. He is just a guy. A very strong guy, I will admit, because he puts his thumb into someone's brain. Yes. Literally like one of the hardest bones in the body. He pokes his thumb through to kill him. I think he's supernatural in this one. There's nothing on the screen that tells us that. I think his strength does. Yeah, I think it's his strength. He pins a woman to the wall via shotgun. Yeah, but also he has that strength in every movie. I know. I think that's what Mikey's saying. I think the burning him alive is what got the supernatural stuff going in. I don't know what they were doing to him at the federal mental health hospital, which love it. Well, that's why I think he's not supernatural because they were able to subdue him for 10 years. Just like in a regular ass hospital. Well, I mean, that's where it picks up at, at um, Halloween Kills, right? Or Halloween Ends or whatever. I also, this is this is a bone I have to pick with this film and really multiple films in this series 
is that multiple times in different timelines, admittedly, people have been like, we're going to transfer Michael Myers to a new hospital. And I'm like, why would we ever do this? I know. Once you have him at a place, either kill him or just keep him in that place. (laughs) Because the second they go to transfer him, he goes on a murder spree every single fucking time. This is going to sound really sad and really jaded, but it's going to be like one guy opens his chart and is like, oh, he murdered his whole family. Oh well, time, he's got to go. You know, the <laughs> that's what happens in this movie. Leave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's generally. I mean, because like I've dealt with patients who like murdered their families and then like ended up going different places. Mikey's a real life Doctor Loomis. No, 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 no. That's why Mikey always abides by three rules, and that is patient care is paramount. Uh huh. Never send Michael Myers to a second location. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And always shoot six times. I've never shot a patient yet <laughs> i like that you're leaving it open that like one day you might have to right you never know yeah it's just you, there are <laughs> you, there are people who in their throat oh, man i don't even know how to approach this topic like in the throes of like deep mental illness have killed other people who have gotten better or whatever or found not you know, it's it, it's complicated but like you just like if you're there for 10 years they're basically just another patient so like the new staff probably don't even know what happened. It seems like there has been no rehabilitation since he's been there for 10 years. Like they have just been keeping him high on like morphine and like passed out for 10 years. Yeah, I thought he was basically in a coma because he was burned to death or whatever. So I think when he came out of the coma, he was supernatural. Okay. So for like, for him, this is like, he just woke up after two and he's like, I got to kill everybody. No, no, no. I think... He went to hell for 10 years and then like his spirit came back. Is that what you think happens to people in comas? If they're bad. Yeah. And if you don't get out of your coma, you just couldn't find your way out of hell. Yeah. That's a wild idea for a movie. That sounds like a really cool movie. Yeah. (laughs) Starring Keanu Reeves in a trench coat. Yeah. It's like Constantine. Yeah. Except he's in a coma. It's coma teen. Oh, oh my God. Hear me out. Okay. Two guys enemies both end up in a coma fighting each other like cop and villain or something i don't know i know where this is going and i am here for a face-off sequel yes yeah a face-off sequel in hell nicholas cage keanu reeves for some reason still fighting their way through hell i feel like their energy is too similar i love it i it's it's you can't have too much of a good thing that is true in this case don't hate these ideas that's all i'm saying right when these strikes are over we're gonna make it rich with the worst 80s movies plots ever they're like so let me get this straight it's face-off but in hell so it's bats instead of doves and i'm like yes. you got it yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks strike captain <laughs> somebody called john boo because it's bats page P- page gets it mikey looking confused page is laughing her ass off right now i figured it out <laughs> it's slow motion bats mikey i got it i got it i think i'm gonna have more fun talking about this movie than i did watching it i, I actually okay so watching this movie same i like liked it i was like man this is actually a pretty good sequel and maybe this is just because i did not have the same experience it's a better sequel than two i mean like if you don't consider anything else on the timeline if you're only looking at like one two four it is the better sequel than two i think so yeah although it's not as crazy not as fun yeah and it is a more direct sequel i will say so yeah i'll give you that i think i've said this multiple times and i still firmly agree Halloween 3 is the best Halloween movie in my mind. But of course. outside of Halloween 3, 
This one's my favorite sequel we've done so far uh, of the 80s movies, or 70s and 80s movies. Really just one, two, and four. This is my favorite of the sequels. Of one, two, and four. When we get to the one with, is it Busta Rhymes or Coolio? What? I think it's Coolio. Let me verify. (laughs) I've not seen that one in years. Okay, so that sounds to me like where Chucky and where Friday the 13th went and like the silly nature of those movies or even like Leprechaun. Like, and I was going to say this movie is still, I think, sort of like a serious horror movie. It doesn't go campy silly, which I sort of dug, although it's not that scary, which I also dug. Halloween never intentionally goes campy silly. Okay. I mean, I respect that. It doesn't intentionally, but then it also tries to, like, come back. Put Josh Hartnett in one of their movies? No, that's during the weird period, but it, it try, it's Busta Rhymes, by the way, not Coolio, and okay. it is uh, Resurrection. But it goes weird on accident because it goes weird in the way that most 90s films go strange, which is why 90s is a tricky horror period for me, because sometimes it goes so strange, it's hilarious. Uh, And then other times it's just strange. But after that is when we get the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which are back to trying to be scary. They're not fun and campy it's immediate pivot back to scary but they don't really work for everybody some people don't like to think of them as canon it's like a whole thing yeah and then we get the 2018 which i do think halloween 2018 is probably if we're like timeline wise one of the best sequels i think so just that one stand alone yeah yeah i think so too but i also didn't grow up with these movies and i definitely understand why people would say otherwise but i thought it was a way better just like produced movie than any of these movies have been just because it's newer technology newer like newer sensibilities as far as writing goes like yeah but this is one of those franchises where I don't think it doesn't mess it up that much for me because like the gore is still gory. Like it is. They we don't get so wildly better at the things that these movies do well. Does that make sense? Like it's not Jason where we're trying to do crazy kills and like we're ruining you know the movie with weird effects there's not much effects going on jason definitely leans into like campy horror whereas this one doesn't but i do think if you're comparing and i think it may have been that first 2018 halloween movie where they like trap him in their basement and then they blow up the house. That's the second one. Okay. So, the, so well, they, they do. So the end of 2018, they blow up the house and they're driving away. And that's where 18 ends. Right. But that's also where the very next one begins. I know, and I know, I know. And the beginning but that's what I'm saying, of that like, next one is the firefighters, which is one of the best scenes ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best cold open in a Halloween movie ever made. It but is. I do yeah. think them trapping him in the house in that first reboot of the 2018 Halloween movie yeah, yeah, yeah. is way cool cooler than what they do in this movie where they try and like keep him out of the house and then realize he's actually in the house because like Warshak they're trapped in there with him or whatever I do love that like me too I, feel I liked like, it too because this movie's only 87 minutes long so not much happens but like once I realized that's kind of what they were setting up I was like oh, I am here for them being trapped in a house with Michael. But then it took too long. Yeah, I felt like he like laid in wait too long in the house. Especially after he like Terminator 2 decimated a police precinct. 
You know, like right, he just right, ran right. through their police headquarters like it wasn't shit. Which we don't get to see. I know. Yeah, the off screen. They're yes. like, did you see that? And I was like, no, no, I didn't. I didn't see that. Not only <laughs> do we not get to see it, but because again, I am always here for a Terminator, like just drop the hammer. Like that's why I like the firefighter one later on. But like, I guess that was Terminator, not Terminator 2. You're right. Yeah. It is Terminator 1. Yeah. Although I'm sure Terminator 2, he probably does something similar. <laughs> but. I do love it, but it happens off screen, so we never see it. And there's a couple kills in this movie, like the convenience store people. We don't see it. It's all off screen. Yeah. And that's very exhausting because you're like, this would have been great to see and it wouldn't have taken crazy effects or whatever. I, you know, why did we not see it? But then on top of that, the police precinct is potentially impossible from a timeline perspective in the movie because we don't know what is the little girl's imagination versus what is really happening. Yeah, and they do set that up early in the movie that some of the kills we're seeing are in her dream. Right, they're not there. Right. And we do establish later that somebody has the worst taste imaginable and is selling Michael Myers masks and costumes in Haddonfield. I thought that that was crazy. Yeah. Absur- that's insane. Like if you had a citywide boogeyman that had haunted you for years, would you sell costumes? Like people's family died. Like that's insane. They would a hundred. That's the most believable part to me. That's probably, that's pretty fair. I mean, Silver Shamrock was like, fuck y'all for not letting me be in the fourth movie. So I'm <laughs> definitely making Michael Myers masks and shipping them directly to Haddonfield. No, I mean, look, I mean, look at how many costumes were Dahmer last year. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you're actually, that's a very good point. Yeah. And, Anyway, so while they're like starting the investigation that night, because that police precinct part has to happen after they've gotten the call and have left and left some people in charge. But then before he gets back to the houses. So like he either had to be like at the precinct waiting for them to roll out. And we know he wasn't because he was off killing somebody else. Or he had to make his way back there, double back, and then go. The same thing with the power plant, where it's like he had to somehow double back to kill that guy at the power plant. But he had to do that so he could turn the power out in town, Paige. He just like warps around town to wherever he needs to be there for plot reasons, which I'm fine with. They only explain it one time when he's just like, Hitching a ride with the police officer He's just like in the back Yes which I was like Again terrifying but I half expected when That second police car pulls up For him to just get out of the car (laughs) Like he had already killed the guy In the car stole a badge that was on The floor and he like tries to walk (laughs) in like He's a cop you know like I do love that he never shoots a gun. That people give him a loaded gun and instead he just stabs somebody with He stabs it. someone into a wall and it sticks them to the wall or he just drops it over the banister. Yeah, he's just done. I'm not really a gun guy. He's like, we don't need this for this interaction. <laughs> Look, I believe in a well-regulated militia, but not just <laughs> anybody having a gun. I do love that like there is a posse in this movie. Hell yeah. They murder an innocent. Like, I I did think that that was actually one of the scarier parts of the movie was just, like, armed, drunk men driving around town. So, in the newer ones, 
where because we also have a posse there. I thought it was a group redneck Halloween costume. Who's sleeping with whose sisters? Sorry. <laughs> they all had overalls on. Overalls and shotguns. Big, overalls big. and shotguns. <laughs> I was like, wow, the hillbilly costume. It's gonna they're gonna win a prize. Did they dress up as Deliverance? But the the more recent ones do have evil dies tonight. You know that posse, that whole yes, thing. Yes, that yeah. posse. That posse got fucked up. Well, that posse did yeah. get fucked up. But that in the new movie. That posse is air quotes on the side of good, much like this one is too. But what we see in this one is a more realistic depiction of what would happen where they like shoot an innocent guy. Right. So like in the new one, I would have loved to have seen a posse like this that decides to go after Lori instead. And I know that's kind of what happens in that one, but it's more that they're going after who they think is Michael. I'm with you. Right. Where they're like. You're the reason he comes here. So the posse's gonna kill Lori, like the purge yes. style. Blame the victim. Yes, mm-hmm. Todd, because it's like if you weren't here, Michael wouldn't come here, and we've all lost people. Like just the unbridled rage of a posse. My friends had the same conversation. Oh, really? Yeah. If you weren't here, Michael wouldn't come here, and I'm like, oh man, oh, that's yeah. hurts my oh, feelings. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is a, a side note, and like not fully about the plot, but did you guys notice? That the actor who plays Rachel's dad, they aggressively replaced him in this movie. All of his lines, except for one, are delivered off camera. Like, you're getting everyone else's reaction to it. Yes. He has one actual line, and he does sound different. So either they VO'd afterwards because they didn't love his performance that day, or they just fully ass replaced that dude like they replaced Darth Vader. And I'm here for that drama. I loved it so much. Did you also notice, because this this is the one that I couldn't stop seeing, is that they either had varying levels of quality on Loomis's makeup or at points <laughs> could not afford to have it on him. Yes. Because there's an entire sequence where he's only shot from the side that's not scarred. Yep. It's wild. It's very funny. And they have to have done that on purpose. Yes. Because they knew that they just didn't have time or money or whatever to shoot that. And we've already seen the scars. So I know. it's not like a reveal when either. I, so when I saw him on the screen the first time, I was like, oh, damn, he got fucked up. We're probably not going to see Loomis this much in this movie because of the makeup. You're like, yeah, that has to cost money and take time. So they're not going to show it a lot. And they he's in the movie way more than I expected because of it. But they just shoot his like clean side. It's like two face <laughs> in Batman. But you're only yes. seeing the side that's not scarred. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, yeah. So uh, maybe we should just go through this movie scene by scene. I just hope Michael Myers, like when he fell off that roof, he stood up straighter. I don't know. I just, I he he was too not wide. He looked like a giant pencil come to life chasing people. Mike, Mikey is like Mother Superior at like a private Catholic school right now. Michael, stand up straight. What is wrong with you? Don't make me push you off the roof. He was like hunched over and skinny. It was like, it was just weird. He just looked weird to me. He didn't look intimidating. They just needed to foley in some chiropractic sounds. And when he (laughs) fell off the roof, like, oh, there it is. You mean like they folied in suction cup sounds for when Dr. Loomis first arrives on the scene to accentuate that he uses a cane? Did you guys hear it? I did hear that. But my favorite foley is when they folied in children through the rest of the movie. Did you hear the children fully? Anytime there's a crowd of children, 
in this movie, there's very clearly ADR child noises, and one of them is just like child chatter. Yes. Yeah. And 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 it's just like fun. We're having fun. Isn't this fun? We're having so much fun. And then they they just pass the camera, and then it, it happened the first time. I was like, that's hilarious. And then every other time we saw a crowd of children later, I listened for it, and it was just like so much fun for Halloween. Fun. All the fun. It's so funny. <laughs> that's exactly what I sound like when I do Halloween stuff. I don't understand why it's funny. That's exactly We've what Mikey sounded like at Halloween you. Horror Nights. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, let's get into the movie. Yeah, let's do it. So we open October 30th, 1988. This is the first Halloween movie that doesn't have the rotting pumpkin credits. And honestly, I missed them. I did too. I think it's a, those are creepy credits. They are I think creepy they are credits. Creepy credits. Yeah. They set the tone. This one does, I think, does a pretty good job of setting like the rural tone of like Haddonfield, but it's not like creepy. Yeah. It's just like, hey, this is this rural sort of farmish town at Halloween times. Yeah, yeah. But we see an ambulance on the road and it comes to a sanitarium where they like swipe them through. They don't have any metal objects on them. And they basically are getting a patient to transfer them to Smith's Grove. And they meet with one of the head doctors and he's like, finally, getting this weird murderer out of my hospital. <laughs> he's real cavalier about it. I, I love this scene and this setup because it's hilarious because they come in and they run into someone I'm going to assume is named Officer Exposition because yes. he like in the matter of 30 seconds recaps movies one and two for you. And then he introduces them to the doctor who's like. No, Loomis is more of a figurehead than anything else. If I ever see Loomis again, it better be at his retirement party or his funeral or whatever. And I was like, shit, did this other doctor set all this up to get Loomis killed? Like, I saw the hate in his eyes. Yeah. I wonder how many people think about me like that in the mental health community. Of like, he's just a figurehead. He's lost his step. I don't know, <laughs> but I did wonder. And that guy in the elevator looked and sounded like Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> And I don't think it is him. Uh, you mean Officer Exposition? Officer Exposition. The actor's name is Raymond O'Connor, and he is known for The Rock, Halloween 4, Just Like Heaven, and Megaville. Okay, then it's not. But we should watch The Rock. That's one of the, my. it's a great movie. It's my favorite gender reveal movie. <laughs> Officer Exposition and The Reverend Who Picks Up the Guy who's like drunk driving, those are my two favorite bit parts in this movie. Okay, that's who I was going to say for the yes. surprise because we have seen the Reverend on Romancing the Pod. Oh, because he's we? the Yes, because he's the old guy from Wedding Singer. What? They're like, I really? wish I, I used to that. be stronger. Like, So he just always plays old drunks. Oh, man. I love that for this guy. Here's what's really funny. Because I, I saw him, I was like, I'm almost 100% certain that's who that is. I went to go Google it. And what comes up first, instead of Halloween 4, where he has like a fair amount of speaking lines, is Wedding Singer. And it's just old guy from Wedding Singer. Yep. <laughs> like that's his claim to fame. I mean, good for him. Good for him. But it really is just a repipe for everyone who hasn't seen or doesn't fully remember 1 and 2, right? Yeah. Right. And then hand it off to the doctor who signs off on the transfer of Michael Myers. And then they send them on their way. They send them on their way, but in the ambulance. And I think this is how Michael finds out about it, because otherwise he had no way to know about the niece, I guess. But in the ambulance, they're like, yeah, he's got a niece in his hometown, but she's too young to be his ward or whatever. It's just like, what? But also, like, 
Michael Myers is in an insane asylum. He can't have a ward. Like, what are we no, talking no, no. about? They, she would be his ward. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As if he would be released. It's like, he's never going to get released. What no. are we talking about? He murdered like 16 people. And he's like, son of a bitch. Yeah, and this is where he smashes the other doctor's face into a thing. Oh, paramedic, right? Yeah, I guess paramedic. It's probably like an EMT. They're just transferring him. Yeah, so they're just transferring yeah. him. But yeah, this is where he puts his thumb through his head. It's so wild. Meanwhile, we cut to Haddonfield with his very cute niece. That is one of the things that they did great in this movie. Is she's an adorable little girl. And honestly, she kills it. Like, with a great scream. She does Oof. get scared. The actress, like the little girl who is in this movie, does a great job. Yes. It makes me think they really scared her on set. Oh. Or something, because her scream is fantastic. I hope that's not true, but she's really good in it. Yeah, she's they really murdered good. 30 dogs off screen to get no, her upset. Oh my god, what? <laughs> yeah, fun what? Fact. They already killed one dog in this movie, which is more than enough. Yeah. Well, they liked her scream for that scene, so they just did it off screen. She's like, run towards, they're like, run towards us. She wasn't even in that scene. Oh, wait, here's a question, though. Did she kill that dog? Whoa, 100%. shit, maybe. Fuck. 100%. Because she is crazy, right? Like, she has a bit of the Michael Myers shine on her. She's in the closet, and we never see the dog after that. I did love that she's dressing up as his costume from, like, the first movies when he was a kid. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's a that's a good throwback. I liked it. I liked the throwback. And then the reveal at the end, I was like, what, what? is happening? <laughs> it really did make me want to like watch the next one which i'm sad we won't be able to do for a year but like i was like how is this going to continue i also if memory serves because five and six are, are probably my least watched out of the this and the, this timeline is my least watched i don't remember if we really continue with her or not yeah i think it's still michael again so i think her story kind of gets abandoned yeah i think i think you're right these movies i think Five and six are probably the worst. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. I mean, they don't have Busta Rhymes in them. Yeah. You know what can fix them? Bust a bus, for sure. Uh, I mean, she is second build in the fifth movie. So I would assume she's okay. one of the main people in it, but I have not seen it. But, oh my God, I just read the, can I read you the synopsis? Yes, go ahead, because I, I don't remember. The shape returns to Haddonfield once again in an attempt to kill his now mute niece. So apparently she just now can't talk and she in she's still, you know, living out here in these streets. But it comes out a year later, so she's still fully a girl at that point. Well, and, and then I guess the question is, did she kill her stepmom or did he? Uh, she did. We don't see it. We don't see it. We just see her covered in blood holding the, the scissors, which I think implies it, Mikey. Like It definitely implies yeah. it, but I feel like if she's mute later, that means that she didn't. Like, if we're following her as a protagonist, she probably didn't. I mean, I assume she didn't. I, I'm, assume they're, I'm assuming they're going to retcon it on some yeah, level. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somehow. Anyway, so she is having a nightmare. Her foster sister or her, her cousin, basically. Now, here's the other thing, because I was trying to figure out family tree here. I think that this is Lori's husband's sister or brother and their kids is how this is related. Because they always say Jamie's uncle is the boogeyman, meaning Michael Myers, right? Mm -hmm. Which makes Jamie Lee Curtis his sister, her mom. But if they were related to Jamie Lee Curtis, they would A, also be in danger, and B, 
their uncle would also be the boogeyman. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they're not getting bullied in school because they're out of school. No, no, no. I mean, Michael's not coming after them either, but he would be if they were related. So she's the only living relation. That means that they're not related to Michael, which means they're not related to Lori. They're related to whoever Lori married. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you mean Rachel? Yes. Yeah. I assume that that is correct. Yeah. Um, but, But I mean, they do say Jamie is Lori's daughter, right? But yeah, we know that. I don't yeah. think that that family is necessarily like related to the Strodes. They are. Well, they're they're not blood related to the Strodes. I think they're related by marriage, is what I'm saying. They're in laws. Yeah, their last name is Carruthers. I mean, sure, that's fine. I don't. Re- they do really go out of the way to be like we're not related. Yeah. At all. <laughs> like they, they they do a lot to establish that she is a foster child in this home. Right, but they are they're. Because it is her aunt and uncle. It's just on the other side. Because otherwise, Michael would come after them. That's why they make a big deal about them not being related. Yeah, Michael would murder them. He would chase them. Yeah. Anyway, so her older cousin, Rachel, is like, hey, it's just a nightmare. Go to bed. And we do see her go up to her room and get into bed. And then it seems like Michael is there. And like we're seeing him around the house. We will find out that this is just her nightmare. But she goes through her shoebox of like pictures of her mom. This is where we get the like Laurie Strode picture reveal. And then Michael tries to pull her under the bed. But it turns out it's just a nightmare. But again, great scream. She does a great job in this movie. Yeah. Everyone comes running. And this is where she is. They find her in the closet screaming, which to me is like, did she kill the dog in that clothes? <laughs> well, she, I don't think she killed the dog in this scene. But who knows? It does establish that she is like having these very realistic nightmares, which I, I think sort of makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, she's been through a lot. Her mom has just died recently. She's getting tortured at school. The whole town has been through a lot. Like they, they are, the kids her age don't remember because they were too young because they established that she's nine. So she was born after. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even the people at the bar are like, we remember when Michael was here. We're not going to let that happen again. That's why they formed the posse. So like, I think the 2018 timeline tried to do this, too, of like Haddonfield is hurt. Not just the Strodes, but like... Oh, they do. Yeah. I I like that. That's one of the elements I really like about those more recent Halloween movies. Because it shows like how it fucked up Lori's life and how it fucked up the regular general town folk. You know what I'm saying? Like, it had an effect on everybody. Your modern equivalent is like an active shooting event, like active shooter event. So like, and that is like community trauma. Which is how the new timeline treats it. And that is, Todd, you're right. That is one of the pieces that I think the new timeline does right. There's a lot they do wrong. There's a lot I don't love. Yeah, they're not perfect movies. Yeah. Yeah, but that piece is the one I, I, I do really like. And I think they're starting to like pick away at that here a little bit. This is kind of the first time one of these movies really explores the PTSD of the town, not just the Strodes. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, we cut to the next morning where her foster parents slash aunt and uncle are getting ready in the morning and her uncle, this is his one on-screen line and it's terrible. And he's terrible because he can't even dress himself. It's not that. It's that he puts his own tie in his own coffee. And, and then, then blames his and, wife, Darlene. I was so mad. I was like, that is fully your fault. Nobody like push your tie into your own coffee, you asshat. Anyway, I was so mad about that. If Darlene would have put the cream in his coffee like she's supposed to, he would have saw the coffee better. No, no. This is his own, like, weaponized incompetence. No. He took in a stranger's kid. 
he was given one like i think they were just the next in line next of kin yeah they were i think they were probably next of kin because they were his i guess her dad is one of their siblings no 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 her dad and her mom so rachel's dad and mom the people we're seeing right now one of the two of them is related to the man Lori married. That's what I just said. No. <laughs> Thank you for explaining what I just said. Sorry, you did not say her dad when you said it. You just said one of the siblings. We thought you said Lori. Yeah, we thought you said like, Lori's sibling. Yeah. I was like, no, again, it's not her. Yeah. It's confusing, but it's also not important. The, what's really important is she shouldn't have let him put his tie in that coffee. No, it is important because otherwise they'd be hunted too. That's why it's important to say. Well, tomato, tomato. Man, I'm glad Michael never lived into a timeline that like 23andMe existed because yes. he would have run his DNA and been like, oh, I've got to kill a million and a half people that right. I am tangentially related to. Like this guy is insane and also has terrible motivation like i don't understand why he's killing his family there is no great motivation for it michael's got quirks i think he would pick a like percentage of dna that matches but and then go after like the above threshold like he oh yeah he's got weird quirks like that yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like great great grandparents and down i'll kill all of those people anything higher than that i just Who's got that much time in their day? Exactly, yeah. I think he would kill an 85% match. I think that's where he would go over. I don't know how the percentages work on that. Me so either. I don't know if that's just children or siblings. I don't, anyway, doesn't matter. Dad, foster dad is terrible. Boy, this is also, the dialogue when it's not related to Michael is bad in such a unique way where it's like the worst of the 80s, but also delivered poorly. So like his whole scene of like, Darlene, my tie. You're just like, what? Yeah, that's the one line you actually see this man deliver. And right. I think based upon that one line, now I realize that that may not be fair, but I think- Based on that one line, they were like, all right, he's going to speak all of his lines off screen and we are going to replace him in post. Because right, right, right. In this scene, when he's talking to his daughter, you know, Rachel, he says like a full ass line of dialogue and we just get an over the shoulder shot. Yeah. We get her reaction to it. We don't see him speak again. But he has like five or six more lines. Yes, but always from a distance. Yep. We never see his face again. Not speaking lines, right. Not speaking lines. The, this is where we get the whole basis for the Brady thing, where yeah. like she also is air quotes on a diet because she doesn't want them to have an oinker for a daughter. And I was like, man, sometimes pig-based fat insults are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and oinker is one of them. Ham beasts my favorite. But anyway, so like... Who, wait, who were they calling fat in this movie? Rachel. Rachel's calling herself fat. She is not. It's, it's At you know... At all. Very skinny, actually. Very. But this is where she gives the whole... So she establishes in this scene that she and Brady have been dating for a while and they have a date planned that night that they're now not going to be able to go on because she has to babysit. I loved the way she explained how this one decision from her mother was going to ruin her and her mother's grandchildren's lives. Right. I was like, I love this. Way to think it out, Rachel. Way to think it out. But also, Brady is hot trash, and you can do better, <laughs> Rachel. She does realize over the course of this movie that Brady is hot trash. Perhaps she didn't know that <laughs> until then. But right. the whole reason she has to babysit is because something happened with the parents' babysitter for Jamie, 
And so she has to fill in and she was supposed to go out this night. So like, she's like now saying that she's not going to be able to get married, not going to have grandkids. I loved it. It was so funny. I like Brady's catastrophizing is what we call it. Yeah. But I did. I, I like how Brady went out, man. He went out fighting. I liked him. You liked the man who cheated on Rachel in this movie. His death scene. Interesting. Oh, you liked how he died. Yeah, that's fine. I get that. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, different. Yeah. Now, if he was dating the other girl the whole time, he'd still be alive. Okay. You know what? You're right. His big mistake <laughs> was dating Rachel. You're right. Uh-huh. Or yep. he would have died at Rachel's house. You're right, because Rachel's father is the sheriff, and that's the house they hold up in. The other girl's father's the sheriff, and that's where they hold up. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Sorry. It is the other girl he's cheating on Rachel with. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So if, if they don't end up at that house already, like if he has not died before they get to that house, he still ends up in that house. You're right. Also, he cheated on Rachel, so fuck him. And we also revealed that the girl that he cheated on Rachel with fully knew about Rachel and still did it. Didn't you love how she made it Rachel's fault that her boyfriend cheated on her? Everyone makes it Rachel's fault. We'll talk about it when we get there. Because Rachel's a bitch, man. No, she's, she's not. A bitch. No, Mikey. Rachel basically like tied a noose, threw a kid off the roof, all this stuff. I don't know if she's my type. You know what I'm saying? It's not Rachel's fault. Like I don't think Rachel did those things. I don't think Rachel tied a noose. I think she was trying to lower her ward down safely. She says lowered, but she straight up pushes that kid off that roof. That's because Michael pushes her. Like, it's a chain reaction. Like, she didn't deliberately... Anyway. We'll see. I do sort of agree with Mikey a little <laughs> bit. And let me, let she me drops her. Why. Yeah, so she does start to lower her, yeah. but while she's still a good two stories, at least, in the air, yeah. Michael Myers gets close to her, and she does, like, sort of drop the child to like duck. Right. So like, I mean, I can see where Mikey's coming from, but ultimately I think the responsibility is on Michael, not on Rachel. Yeah. True. I guess. But you know, Mikey likes to blame everything on a woman and it can't be the man's fault in the scene, right? There it is. You're going to blame Michael Myers? Yes. Is he even a man? <laughs> no, this movie says multiple times that he's not a man. Yeah. He's a shape. Actually, Mikey, this supports your, your supernatural theory. They say multiple times, He's not a man, which I guess would make him supernatural. Yeah, I do remember yeah. Officer Exposition saying that at the very beginning. I think it was right after he said, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. Yeah. Which is, I think, the most wild line of dialogue I've heard in a while. Well, and, and Loomis multiple times is like, he's not a man. Everything that's man about him is gone years ago. Like, you know, crazy shit. What makes you a real man is if you don't throw a kid off the roof when someone's trying to kill you behind you. Okay. It's not her fault, Mikey. <laughs> like, Michael Myers is actively trying to kill her. So, Rachel is complaining about having to babysit. Jamie overhears it. And she feels bad because it obviously makes Jamie feel bad. And she's like, hey, I'm sorry. How about after school? I'll pick you up. We can go get ice cream. You can go trick-or-treating. And she was like, okay, fine. Uh, we cut to Dr. Loomis just storming the hallways of a completely different hospital that's definitely not the one earlier in the film, but the same doctors are there. It's supposed to be the same one, though, right? Like, that is, it is. A, just a totally different location. Okay. Yeah, totally yeah. different location. Because it is the same doctor from the first scene, and we did yeah, yeah, yeah. see him, I think, in his office in that first scene. Yes. And now we're back in his office, and it is a different office. Completely different place. Yeah. And this is the first time where he's like, he's not a man. He's evil on two legs. And today is Halloween. Almost like 
like somehow Michael had planned his own release and escape, <laughs> which obviously he didn't. I think that this doctor who like at the very beginning was like the next time I want to see Dr. Loomis, he better be dead. Yeah. Like that doctor, I think, planned this whole movie. I think that this is 100 <laughs> percent that doctor's doing. And at the end of the movie, he's depressed and said that Loomis was not taken out. And I, I honestly thought Loomis was going to die in this movie. I was shocked he didn't. When he goes back out at the end, I was like, oh, he's done for. I think Loomis dies like twice. He's just like Michael. Yeah. He can never die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dr. Loomis strides up into this office that's definitely not the office from before. And he's just like, why wasn't I notified? And the guy's just like, oh, I outrank you. Like, it's full-on petty office bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you can tell there is, like, an adversarial nature to their co-workership and that the first doctor may want to kill Dr. Loomis. Yeah, potentially. I'm just saying there is definitely displayed motivation for that tactic in this, this scene and the scene he was in before. Exactly, 100%. But as they're having this conversation, the phone rings, and he's like, what's that? escaped <laughs> like look at that timely coincidence <laughs> so i love it he's like i see mm, i see what day it is i don't know what day it is oh <laughs> october 31st what is that oh halloween i've got to get home to give my kids silver shamrock masks and drink myself to an early grave yeah that's the better that's the better halloween anyway they go to the site of the accident where the ambulance is overturned. It's upside down in water. It's like in like a little river. Yeah. Yeah. And clearly Michael killed everyone first. Oh, yeah. Which is also like it's where they're like, he did this. I was like, he flipped an ambulance on his own. <laughs> but super strength, I guess. Well, I mean, he probably caused the wreck, but it looked like the inside of the ambulance where he woke up and we saw him. Like right, wake up. Right. It looked like a blender went off with everyone's body inside. Like there's blood everywhere. So like he fucked them up for sure. Well, and the the ambulance aggressively looks like they just turned an ambulance upside down. It doesn't look like it like spun forty times and oh, came no. to a rest. It looks like a crane lowered it there, Mikey. You're not wrong <laughs> yeah, about yeah. that. And they're like, we can't even find the body parts. I'm like, that's kind of suspicious, right? Since there's no dents in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the cops was like, I once saw a body that was sixty or seventy feet from the crash site, which like Okay, maybe, but sure. that, they were probably going way faster than this ambulance appears to have been when it was gently laid upon this uh, bedrock here. Hey, man, you'd be surprised. But, like, back then they didn't have seatbelts, so they didn't have hey, to wear them. I bet you I could throw a body over the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you were Michael, you could. Or Uncle Rico. He, throw, he throws a lot of people in this film. He does throw a lot of people in this film. I mean, okay, so I had a phone pole going about 30 miles an hour, 30, 35 miles an hour. And I went about 30 yards before I landed. Mm. Uh, but I was in the bed of a truck. Yeah. So, I mean, if they were, if, the, if that back was open and they flipped, right. you know, the, the centrifugal force of the flip may have caused it to expel the bodies out of the back at such a pace that they would be like further away than they've searched yet. Let's get the Mythbusters on it. Yeah. So like, <laughs> listen, I took trigonometry. It's not a big deal, but I'm saying it's possible. Okay. All right. <laughs> I presented to a national conference on our electronic health record. There was like 200 people there. It looked like the room could seat 500. I think 30 showed up for the oh. presentation. <laughs> Thank you. Because when you sent us the picture, I was like, good Lord, that's a big room you're about to play to. It's like a computer data kind of conference. So I was like, I got up there uh, during my turn. And I was like, 
man, what an exciting moment for me. A guy who almost failed high school trigonometry to present my data collection to you. (laughs) (laughs) I bet that killed. I bet they loved it. I got like four giggles and I was like, rough crowd. That's fine. (laughs) Anyway, so Dr. Loomis is just like, you didn't find the body? Then I've got to go to Haddonfield. And if you don't find him in four hours, I bet I will. This is very much the... Dr. Loomis is now Deputy Loomis and is now like a renegade cop. Yeah. Because he is like talking to the other doctor like he is the police chief. Yeah. Well, not only that, Dr. Loomis does not believe in the justice system. First off, let's talk about that. He just wants to execute people at all times. He's Judge Judy and executioner. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm just seeing Dr. Loomis in drag shooting Michael also in drag for some reason. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Beauty fades. Dumb as forever. Yeah. Anyway, he drives and stops to get gas at what is both an auto body shop slash diner slash cracker barrel slash all kinds of weird stuff there it really did look like it was a mechanic shop that had a a restaurant next door like yeah and they shared a wall it was like that kind of a thing yes well and we did get a cut of michael just killing somebody at the body shop but then literally loomis shows up like right after yeah well it is a body shop oh yeah Mm mm-hmm then Loomis goes next door to the diner and everyone's dead in the diner. And he thinks he sees Michael in the kitchen and it, and for a moment has like tries to talk him down. <laughs> I'm like it's Michael Myers, dude. <laughs> but he's like, Michael, you don't have to do this. Also, why is Loomis kind of British? Is it just because it's Donald Plaisance and that's his voice? He just sounds, you know, prestigious, like a doctor, like a, like a, mm. you know, kind of like bougie. But yeah, he does try to talk him down, but then he's like, just come fucking kill me. I was like, his de-escalation yeah. skills. Take me instead of Haddonfield. <laughs> I gave him five seconds. I'll fucking kill you. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, Mikey, but like, this is what you do, though, right? Like, this is exactly how you handle these situations, right? That's not how I would train officers if I was in charge <laughs> of this de-escalation training, where I was like, give it four seconds and then pull your gun. That would be... Not great, I feel like. Yeah, that probably would go poorly for everyone in that situation. I do think as we talk about this more, though, I think you have a lot of Dr. Loomis vibes, though. Like, with the kind of work you do, the propensity to start yelling for no reason. I I Uh can just see, Mm -hmm. I see a lot of Dr. Loomis in you, Mikey, and honestly, that's a compliment. No, I get that. I mean... There's not a lot of good, like, mental health fictional characters to look up to. I wouldn't say this is one to look up to, but... I understand where you're going. He's passionate. Yeah. He, you know, he cares about the safety of the community and his patients. He does. And well, not maybe not so much about his patients, Mikey. Come his on. Other patients. Yeah, his other patients, sure. He hates this one specifically. Y'all have that one, I guess. <laughs> the one that got away after you shot him six times. He's not he's very brave, you know? He like is most, brave, yeah. Yeah, he does chase this dude who has tried to kill him a lot. So I get it. Yeah. Yeah. He fucks. Does he? He obviously does. He has that air about him. Does he? Dr. Loomis isn't shooting blanks, okay, my friend? Do you? I'm sorry. (laughs) You think that's a cane, but actually. It was a suction noise, not a cane noise. It was fully a suction noise, not a cane noise. So maybe it actually was just the sound of his dick dragging. Is that what you're trying to say, Mikey? Uh Uh-huh. He's got that BDE. He's like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers (laughs) escaped. 
fuck, I guess I got to go fuck around in Haddonfield and try to murder him again. I, okay, <laughs> I will say that that is a big dick energy action to do. I also will say I don't think Dr. Loomis appears to have a lot of big dick energy on screen. He does a lot of big dick shit, though. No, I think Dr. Loomis has the BDE because not only is he like, I'm going to go to Haddonfield and fuck around and find out, which is crazy, but he's also just like, little girl, come with me. I'll protect you, even though he literally has a cane and can in no way protect her because he is unarmed. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's big dick energy. Not to get us back to the scene that we like started the sidetrack on, but when this like gas station restaurant blows up and we see him jump over trash cans, I was like, okay, so like the cane was just for show, Dr. Loomis. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're doing your own stunts, brother. Like, come on. This is his Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> yeah, directed by John Boo. He's got one of those sword canes. We all know it. Yes. Oh, there's no way that that is not like a crystal skull on the top uh-huh. of that that you unscrew to release the sword for sure. Mm-hmm. Or it's just got amber on the end and just like a piece of Michael's skin in it. It's just like <laughs> life finds a way. Where do you think he was while they transferred him away from the hospital? He was doing coke fucking strippers he was like he was he was out there partying hard i know exactly where dr loomis was he was working a bird exhibit at a ren fair for sure i don't know why but he definitely has like i collect katana energy that's that's not bde that's not bde no mikey that's the ultimate in bde because ren fair people are poly and have orgies like wild like crazy yeah it's the ultimate bde because you're like yes i can wear a jerkin but i won't be jerkin later like that (laughs) it is ren fair people have too much bde i uh i'm gonna i've got to go ahead and you know agree to disagree with you both on this this issue um and not my dr loomis you know what i'm saying like <laughs> he would never he would never go to a ren fair <laughs> no i mean i do think mikey if you were dr loomis you wouldn't be caught dead at a ren fair working at one because you cannot juggle i've seen you try so like you just could not get a job at a ren fair that's like a prerequisite he wears too much trench coat that trench i mean like he he definitely is not doing that I think he's a private detective slash psychiatrist at this point. I can't work red fairs because then I have to register my boobs as, as weapons. I can't. Sorry, that was a terrible con air joke. What job would you be doing where they'd be weapons, Paige? The Tilt-A-Whirl? Just existing. And make people go blind. Uh, the knock down the milk jugs. Yeah. <laughs> like she keeps knocking them over when she goes to set them up. Everyone's winning too many prizes. We're giving out too many teddy bears. And they're like, can I have a hug instead? No. Leave, creep. Do you want to meet my falcon? Get away from me, Dr. Loomis. <laughs> yeah. Bye. If your cane doesn't have a dragon carved into it. <laughs> this is not BDE. That's No, that's full BDE, bro. No, bro. If you LARP, you got a big old dick. That's what I'm saying. No, that's BDE for people who like are in the theater, like musical theater community. But oh, like okay. in the overall hang on, world. Hang on. I always assumed that BDE just stood for big dragon energy. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. Oh, no, 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 that's no. No, Mikey, here, here's what I'm here to tell you, Mikey. Straight guy in theater fucking pulls yes in crazy yes. He ways pulls theater girls okay so no that's no a, no that's... any any mikey mm. any also ain't nothing wrong with theater girls baby you know what i'm saying but also it's it's literally any like untouchable that's why actors get so like that that's why people who look like 
Sorry. Say That's it. My peop- Say it, Paige. People who look like Steve Buscemi and then Billy. Like, oh, what's why am I blanking on his name? The weird one that was married to Angel- Angelina Jolie. Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Th- those people never have trouble finding pussy. And they weird looking, but they do. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. My <laughs> those are A-list actors. These are not people hanging out at the rent fair. As someone who hangs out at rent fairs occasionally, disagree. Mikey, how long has, has Todd been like single in life? Not long. Oh, I get picked up quick on the waiver wire you know what i'm saying fine <laughs> i'm gonna politely agree to disagree we're just gonna move mikey, on mikey you're not gonna convince me you're the single one on a podcast full of ridiculous theater people who <laughs> eat turkey legs <laughs> in a park true yeah the jock on the podcast is the one who's single that checks out actually there you go i'm not a fuck boy i'm a fuck man you should be a fuck mandolin, then maybe you'd be doing better. Who's mandolin? That's a that's a that's a joke that would hit at the Ren Fair, and I refuse to laugh at it. That's why I don't believe in this. Not my Loomis. Anyway, everyone in this auto shop is dead, and Michael, like Duke Brothers, a tow truck out of the garage, Hell knocks yes. over a gas line with it. It blows up the entire gas station. This is when Loomis jumps over the trash cans to save his life. He is a lot like the Terminator in this film. And I'm like, yeah, okay, in this gas station explosion, the rubber trash cans you're jumping behind are not going to help you all that much. Yep. But he's fine. Yeah, he still shoots at the truck all like the whole time. He does, yeah. Anyway, we cut to school where evil children, the likes of which we have not seen since Let the Right One In, are torturing Jamie. Holy shit. I was like, someone needs to step in and slap these children or something. Like, what is, they're so fucking mean. They're like, orphan orphan fuck you your mom died like they're the worst they're terrible children (laughs) children are mean they're so mean I, i i remember okay i did some shitty stuff as a kid said some things i really shouldn't have said I don't think I ever did this. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ever, but I understand kids are kids. You must have made show choir that period really awkward when you were mean to the other kid. The jazz hands didn't help. First off, I was in show choir, Mikey. <laughs> no shit. I know. <laughs> I was in tell choir. <laughs> yeah. So the thing with our choir page was we did everything in sign language. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Because we were show. No, that's uh, that's actually not that surprising. That was a thing when I was in choir as well. No, I mean like we didn't sing. We just show choir. Oh. <laughs> the only ASL I know is Thirty Male Nashville. Know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you looking for thirty year old males in Nashville? No, that's my AS. God, yeah. So fine. Oh, so you were just like ballparking that age thing then? Oh, yeah. I'm at the age where I'm lying about my age. I feel like I've, <laughs> I think I'm there. Mikey, just have fun with it and pretend you're like 85, but look great for your age. Go to a fucking Ren Fair, you asshole. They don't serve alcohol at our Ren Fair anymore. Yeah, so they do? To, no, at our Ren Fair, they refuse to serve. Oh, they, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Oh, fuck that. Why even go? Exactly. Thank you. Also, open carries a thing, so I'm sort of glad that like you're not allowed to drink at the Ren Fair. Oh, God. It ruins the immersion. Mikey, Mikey, <laughs> you got to come to Renfair here where it's just a whole bunch of out of work actors and too much alcohol. <laughs> Sounds much better. Paige, let's let's uh, figure out when the next Renfair in L.A. is and then we'll schedule our next Flappers live show for that. The Irwindale Pleasure Fair happens every May. You're welcome. Hell yeah, let's do it. That's my birthday. I don't know if I'm in all in Mikey, on this Mikey, happy one. birthday. You, like Dr. Loomis, 
get to go to a Ren fair. He's not going to. He ends that movie covered with blood. He finds the first attractive woman he finds. He doesn't even shower and hooks up with her because she's like, fuck, this BDE is too much to resist. Mikey, would it help if I told you that our Ren fair has like fair regular fair levels of food where it's just like a bunch of ladies in corsets and tornado potatoes and booze. I think that's why I like rent fairs. Right? It's like the only time I can convince Natalie to wear a corset in public. There you go. And they have a giant Jenga. Yeah. Well no, I'm not gonna go. I don't I don't want to go to any situation where I possibly have a conversation have to have a conversation about the play Arsenic and Old Lace. I'm just not gonna put myself That's in that. That's the don't. completely wrong crowd. Oh my god. Also It's not a gay Ren Fair. <laughs> I wish we could mute Todd when he gets excited when I mention something so stupid that he loves. I love the movie Arsenic and Old Lace. Natalie and I watch it every fall. Like it's one of our fall movies. It's a tradition. It's a tradition. I- <laughs> love that it is a tradition at this point it's also a movie i grew up with because my mom loved it so like we it's like a nostalgic thing for me it, it feels like fall you know yeah it feels like falling into a pit of spikes to me anyway <laughs> let's let's finish the movie since mikey has a heart out yeah yeah his mom's coming over to like hang out to not watch arsenic and old lays i'm gonna laugh if your mom shows up and is like hey i brought arsenic and old lays you watch that shit <laughs> <laughs> The reason why I've seen I've seen all these movies and you watch Art Sick and Old Lace. Well, and, and she's gonna come over and be like, "So Redeeming Love has a sequel." I'm so Does down. It? No, I don't know. They have not made a sequel. I keep I keep track. <laughs> uh, I've got that Google News nice. alert set up already. I'm still waiting for A Night Before Christmas's sequel and Redeeming Love Two. Oh yes, I do want the night. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like Night Before Christmas, and I was like, Oh, tonight. Yes, tonight. Mm-hmm. Mikey, how can you love a night before Christmas and not want to go to a Ren Fair, especially like a Christmas Ren what Fair. What is wrong with you? I would go to a Christmas Ren Fair. I will. Okay, I would do okay. that. Okay, okay, listeners, you got to find us a Christmas Ren Fair. We're. Go- I'm going to the Dickens Festival on December 9th. Already planned out. It's the one about the author page. <laughs> The Dickens Festival is just regular Ren Fair. <laughs> it's got big Dickens energy. Mm-hmm. Ren Fair people get down. They do. Anyway. This is Mikey from Harvard, and I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Harvard here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash 
Horror Virgin 50 to get 50% off. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So <laughs> Rachel picks Jamie up from her horrible bullying school and Jamie's like, I just want to trick or treat and be like everybody else. And she's like, okay, so we're going to go to the discount mart. Well, you can't because your mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's Jesus. an orphan. 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 Your mom's dead. <laughs> They're so terrible. They're the worst children. I think <laughs> one of the things I my I think one of my huge movie guilty pleasures in film is over the top bullying. <laughs> it makes me laugh every time I see it in a movie. Did either of you watch Pen Fifteen? No. Yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> the very first episode where she's like, "You've got an aardvark dick, and that's why your dad died," and he just <laughs> immediately starts sobbing. <laughs> It's Holy just, shit! It's, he he was bullying uh, her, and she decided to clap back and went too hard. These kids are—they're like your uncle's a serial killer, and <laughs> your mom's dead. Yeah, just like <laughs> they're terrible. They terrible. I, I feel like Mikey likes watching bullying on TV because he feels like in some small way. It justifies his actions in high school and college. Yes, we get it. You were in show choir. You went to therapy. We get it. We get it. <laughs> well, J Jake was watching Let the One Right One In the other day because Jake's watching new horror movies every day of Halloween. And I walked in as they were trying to drown that kid. And then the like head just falls oh, in the yeah, pool. Oh, yeah, man. Such a good scene. <laughs> and Jake was just like, hell yeah. Fuck that kid. <laughs> Those bullies were super over the top. They're going to murder. They were going to murder that kid. I also thought that we might see one of the kids in this movie die because of this scene. Because they were like so terrible. But like no, no kids die though. No kids die, but I do have a fun fact about this very next scene because they go to the discount mark where Brady works, right? And it's a whole bunch of teens, and this is where we establish that there's like another hot girl that Brady's trying to get his friend to ask out, and and things like that. Now there's three teenage boys there, and we only really see two of them talk, but the third teenage boy is actually supposed to be... Like a side character we're supposed to know already? Yes, yes. That's where this franchise kind of fall, falls apart for me, is like in the remakes and stuff, you're like, he was the kid who walked by on that scene. I was like, that, I don't... That is what this is. I was like, so... I, don't, I don't really care about that, I guess. Did they bully anyone? So the third, the third kid's supposed to be Tommy Doyle, um, but also the friend that helps pick up jamie was also supposed to be in the rest of the movie and then got cut for budget reasons huh okay that makes sense but also the vincent drugstore they go to is also the same one used in the sandlot oh okay anyway they go in and she and brady are like making out but then she's like brady i can't go on our date tonight because like i have to babysit and he's like when'd you find out like well fuck i don't even know what i'm gonna he's so mean to her about it he is an asshole like he's terrible she was making she should have told him first before they made out what no, mikey, mikey that's not what he's mad about he's mad that she found out your breakfast. aunt got murdered <laughs> your aunt got murdered your cousin's an orphan um it, it, to me, because we've established at this point in the movie that they have an existing relationship and have been dating for some time. Yes. His reaction is, 
fucking nuts to me. And then the fact that he immediately was like, well, whatever, you couldn't go out. So I went out with Tits McGee. And like, that's crazy to me that he was just like, why should why do you have a problem with it, bitch? <laughs> it's nuts. Okay, hindsight. If you knew you were going to die, though, like he doesn't know that, Mikey. I think we but talked maybe- about this when we did um, that movie with Idris Elba and Kate Winslet on Romancing the Pod. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. but this is not remotely that situation. It's the same thing. The it's mountain is Michael. The no. Mountain. <laughs> no. No. There's no excuse for Brady's behavior. He is not Idris Elba. I also, okay, that's not why there's no excuse for it, Paige. You have no choice. If your girlfriend's going to babysit a stupid orphan, you have to cheat on her. <laughs> <laughs> it's orphan rules, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Brady didn't make up the rules, Paige. Yeah. Well, we called it the Outlander paradox, where it's like if you time travel or end up in a place where you don't think you can get back, all bets are off. Yes. I thought you really liked your girlfriend. Oh, she's so selfish. She's babysitting her orphan adopted sister or whatever. Like, what are you trying to be? Her mom? Her yeah. mom's dead. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get murdered Jesus next? Christ. This movie. Anyway, uh, while they're making out and having this weird argument, Jamie goes and finds a Halloween costume. And again, yes, does pick the one that Michael Myers wore in the original when he was a kid. Yeah, the clown one. And she does see herself as him in the mirror. And then she sees big Michael. And we think that he's not there. But then also we do see his hand steal one of the real tasteless Michael Myers masks that they're selling in Haddonfield. Anyway. Meanwhile, Dr. Loomis hitchhikes and a, a whole group of cheerleaders are like, fuck you, old man. <laughs> Dude, I thought that was insane. I was like, oh, that's nice. These uh, like footballers yeah. slash, you know, cheerleaders are going to give him a ride. And no, yeah. they let him run up to the car and then peel out because Haddonfield is known for two things. Serial killers and bullies. <laughs> and bullies. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they couldn't risk him getting in the car because, and he couldn't risk it either because of that BDE would cause some real weird situations with that car cheerleaders. You know what I'm saying? Just remember, don't forget the pom-poms when you're working the shift. <laughs> oh, <laughs> facts though. But this is where we get my favorite character in the movie, Reverend Jackson Sayer, comes to save the day. A.K.A. the old guy from Wedding Singer. Yes. And he comes and picks him up in his truck and then, like, I don't know, says some crazy slash sort of religiousist nonsense. Because he's supposed to be, like, a drunk priest yeah. driving. And he offers him a drink. And Loomis does partake. Yes. And I thought it was funny that it's just two men drunk driving down the road. It was great. Yeah. What are you going to sober drive, you fucking loser? <laughs> We're in Haddonfield. That's some real orphan <laughs> shit. I'm so sorry if you're an orphan. I, I, we didn't mean to offend you. Yeah, it's your lack of parents. Anyway, oh, God. we cut to Haddonfield, and this is the first time we see a crowd of children, and I wrote down what their their child chatter was, and it was just, having fun! Yeah, this is fun! That's great. So, Rachel and Jamie go out, or, or they're getting ready to go out and trick-or-treat. She calls Brady, and she's like, oh, Brady's not home yet? Well, when he does come home, tell him to drop by around 8, because we'll be done trick-or-treating. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Michael is in the house and doesn't try to kill them. He's just on an investigation investigative <laughs> yeah, yeah. mission. I've been in jail for 10 years. I got to figure out what technology exists to murder people with. Yeah, I'm just going to case the joint. <laughs> this is when he's in like private eye Michael Myers mode. Yeah. Private eyes are stabbing you. <laughs> I was going to go. Michael Myers is watching you. 
He's got a knife for you. I just can't believe he wrote the note and put it under that girl's pillow. Way to go, orphan. (laughs) Just like put it under there. I see you. You don't see me. But your parents are dead and you keep all their photos, girl. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so (laughs) Loomis makes it to the police station and he's just like, Michael Myers is back. And they're just like, all right, old man, let's check on that. And then they like call and they're like, the line's dead. He's back. And they immediately launch into action. He's like, lock and load. It's amazing. Been waiting for this for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. So they roll out. They leave a handful of police at this police station who we will never see again because Michael Myers will murder all of them and destroy the police station, which we will never see. It happens off screen. It does, unfortunately. It looked like it was wild, though. Like, desks were everywhere. Some guy got his head ripped off. Like, it was a wild time that we did not get a chance to see. That we didn't get to see. But in my mind, it was like the firefighters that we talked about uh, from oh, the second of the so 2018 good. timeline movies. Yes. So uh, they roll out. They're going to try and find Jamie and Rachel. Meanwhile, Jamie and Rachel uh, just go trick-or-treating. And they run into the same group of asshole kids that were making fun of her for being an orphan. But now that she has a costume, they're like, you could trick-or-treat with us. Come hang with us. So now they're in like a crowd. But as that crowd goes up to the door of one of the houses, the door opens and it's the busty lady from the discount mart. And Brady's in her house. Oh, yeah. And Rachel sees it. Well, and I think her name is Kelly. Okay. She is not wearing pants. She's just wearing a long shirt. Yep. Uh, and it's sort of implied that they were like making out or whatever because he looks a little a little disheveled too in the background. Like. The fact that he's even there is enough for her to leave. You know what I'm saying? So she leaves. Is that with her sweater that said, uh, cops do it by the book? Yes. Which, okay, I didn't love that she was wearing because who is the owner of that shirt? Her dad. Why would she wear it in this context? It's real upsetting. Yeah. So, like, I love the humor in that shirt. Didn't like what that implies. See, I'm into it. Do you want to hang out with an orphan or do you want to be like, oh, man. <laughs> Oh no. my god. No. No. My question was, you're getting down with somebody on Halloween. Do you answer the door for trick or treaters or do you just keep the candy for yourself? Keep the candy for yourself. That's what's up. If I'm if I'm getting down, we're not getting up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think that I would why would you stop and go answer no? I would not go to the door while I'm no. Yeah. I'm about to new get off. <laughs> anyway, uh so Rachel obviously is just like Oh, fuck this. But Brady runs out to try and talk her down. He's like, well, you weren't around. <laughs> you were taking that stupid orphan. And she's wearing her dad's sweater. She's a fucking freak. I mean, that is more or less what he says. Like, it's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. He's like, I wouldn't have gone home with her if, like, you didn't have to take care of this stupid orphan lady. <laughs> yep. Really, she should be dressed like the clown for staying with a guy like that. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, okay. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure she breaks up with him here. Maybe they don't actually have the conversation, but like... I'm pretty sure they're broken up. Yeah. Anyway, while that's happening, the police put out an APB of just like, everyone pencils down, Michael Myers is here. Like, <laughs> close the bars, everything. And so the bar full of drunks is like, oh, we ride tonight. Evil dies tonight. I Okay. I love this because it goes from them seeing a news broadcast that says everyone has to shut down curfew in effect. The police are asking for this or whatever. And so the bar owner's like, I'm calling the police station because 
I'm not closing down without a reason. So he calls the police station and it just rings and no one answers. Mm -hmm. And that is the only evidence they have that like the police station has been attacked. Yep. So they immediately hang up and are like, we got to roll. Let's posse up all of us drunks that clearly have rifles in their cars. And they go immediately to the police station. Jaeger bots, roll out. (laughs) Anyway, they go to the police station. We cut to Jamie and Rachel's house where Michael is still going through this or no, I'm sorry, Loomis and the police chief show up at Rachel and Jamie's house. And this is where they find her box of stuff is kind of strewn and the dead dog. Yeah. And they're like, Michael's been here. This is he hates dogs. (laughs) Notoriously. I haven't made this joke before, but I think this is a good time to throw it in because it's not going to have a good time. Let's do it. I'm not a huge fan of Michael Myers, huge fan of his brother, Oscar. Oh, yeah. I would rather run into Oscar Myers than Michael Myers, for sure. You know who's got big dick energy? (laughs) Oscar, man. Oscar Myers. Have you seen his car? Yeah. (laughs) Giant wiener. He calls it the wiener mobile. I mean, it is what it is. And he's always sticking it in buns. Uh, (laughs) And there's no reason for it to have that tip on it. Just for her pleasure. But he did murder his sister, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so they leave a deputy at the house to be like, in case he doubles back or in case the family gets home. Yeah. Then we cut to the power grid. So Michael has like made the rounds from like the police station to the electricity place yeah he walks from the police station to the power plant yeah and just throws a guy into it and is just like well (laughs) my job here is done moving on (laughs) page it wasn't just some guy it was someone named bucky you could tell because it's on his hat and i loved that about his character normally i i'm really really attached to people named bucky but not in this case i thought it was hilarious because all we see of bucky is him walking in a power plant looking place and mm-hmm. then michael yeah. myers pick him up and throw him into a transmitter or something i don't know what they're called but he gets electrocuted to death and everyone loses power in town well and that metal super soldier arm really conducted the electricity <laughs> <laughs> yeah he just gets yeeted though he does. Yeah, he just gets yeeted into a lightning coil thing yeah anyway power's out rachel is still on the streets looking for jamie Jamie's looking for Rachel because now literally parents have driven and picked up all their kids who were trick-or-treating and are just like, leave the orphan. (laughs) She doesn't have parents and just drive away. (laughs) But Rachel gets chased by who she thinks is Michael. Now it might be, but also we will reveal in just a scene or two that there are multiple people dressed as Michael yeah. terrorizing Haddonfield. And this only comes up one other time later, but I'm like, what a bad idea. I know. Hey, remember that serial killer that killed a bunch of people from our town 10 years ago? Let's all dress up as him for Halloween. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then even when they put a curfew in effect, let's stay out. Yeah. Hell yeah. What are you guys, a bunch of fucking losers? Go back to show choir. I'm dressing up as a serial killer and I'm staying out late. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, Todd, I've got to talk to you about the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to find a third because Mikey's about to get murdered by a bunch of drunk vigilantes. I always knew I'd go out this way. (laughs) (laughs) Evil dies tonight. (laughs) We're watching Evil Dead tonight? I can't hear y'all through the mask. 
Oh, I'm down. Anyway, so Rachel and Jamie get reunited just as Loomis and the police chief pull up in a squad car. And of course, they do see the multiple Michaels. But then as they pull guns, the guys are like, no, don't shoot. It's just me. I'm just, I was just having a goof. Uh, but as they drive away, they reveal one of the Michaels was the real Michael. Yeah. Anyway, as they're driving, they're going to go to the police chief's house and kind of like regroup there because the police station is or no, I'm sorry. They go to the police station first. Yes. They go to the police station. and They're just like, this shit's wrecked. We're going to go. <laughs> but as they're leaving the police station, the posse shows up and they're just like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, Michael Myers is back. And they're like, great. We've got bullets and a 0.8 alcohol level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got to get back to Loomis with his BDE. Because he gets plenty of posses. Know what I'm saying? Oh, he's not hurting for posse, baby. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? saying? <laughs> I like that Mike, you'll say that, but won't say the actual word. Sure. Well, one's got more of an O sound than a U sound. Which is what I'm in it for. Now I just want Mikey to say posse in the sexy time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Saddle up, girl. Like he's trying to pretend <laughs> oh, like no. he's Sean Connery's <laughs> James Bond. Oh. Posse galore. <laughs> it is posse galore in this there's like four trucks which eventually gets whittled down to one truck later like I know, their, I their know. posse drastically decreases i did think it was really funny that the cop was like or the sheriff was like no you guys have to go home and dr Lumos was like no hunt and kill michael yeah, yeah this <laughs> you don't have a police force this is the only thing standing between yeah I love that scene. Yeah, they're t they're totally posse whipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll do whatever he says. Drunken guys <laughs> driving through. They're gonna shoot their friend because that's immediately they shoot an innocent guy in a Michael mask. Yeah, they literally drive to the most gaudy gazebo in all of Haddonfield and murder their friend. It's the fancy gazebo. The regular gazebo was already booked. <laughs> anyway so they they send them off uh meanwhile they're gonna go back to the police chief's house and basically like quarantine themselves in this house to try and make sure that michael doesn't get to them yeah we have like 15 minutes of them like barricading themselves in the house michael's in with them well and so the way that michael gets there is that he was at their house jamie and rachel's house yes uh, and climbs into the back of the squad car of the cop that's there and then that cop then drives to the to the police chief's house and as they're unloading michael skippity beeps and like sneaks into the house somehow <laughs> he skitters into the house yeah spider crawls yeah anyway we cut to the house that they all just came from the one that rachel and jamie are at the parents arrive home and this is again one of those far away shots with adr where there's like they're not home they said they'd be here by 9 30 but no one is here call for them <laughs> <laughs> like it's crazy i love that everything that man said was off screen yes. i thought it was so funny that her dad like got replaced in post so funny well and then literally right after that we go into the posse uh shooting Ooh. ted hollister hell yeah and they're Say like oh no we cut to the police chief's house where brady and kelly yes. are literally like the tip is in like it's they are in it and then they hear her dad coming home i don't know that they're fully having sex but they are like ramping up to like they were about yeah. to you know what i'm saying like she's taking her top off yeah and like they're they're like firmly about to have sex but then literally his girlfriend comes over to her house yeah 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 
with everybody and she's yes. like my dad's gonna kill us if he... so they're like scrambling to put clothes on and then her dad comes in and literally is just like brady take this gun and brady's like what the fuck is going I know. on he hands him a double like a double barrel shotgun or it's an over under shotgun where it's like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well and he's like if i catch you groping my daughter again i'll shoot you and he's like okay but you already handed me a gun, so and I handed her a gun, <laughs> a loaded gun. But mm-hmm. I mean, the shotgun that her dad, the sheriff, picks up, yeah, is like an automatic shotgun. We see him using it later. Yeah, you can only hunt velociraptors and Michael Myers with that <laughs> particular shotgun. Clever girl. <laughs> you see him unloaded into Michael Myers at the end of the movie, and it's like a rapid fire shotgun. Yep. Anyway, they all go inside, they, you know, board up the windows, they close everything. And then, yes, what does happen is like 15 to 20 minutes of people being like, are all the doors locked? All right. This movie is aggressively boring at this part. Yeah. It is like a 15 minute segment where all they're doing is like barricading themselves in the house and preparing for Michael Myers to show up. And Michael Myers is already in the house. This is like the section where I'm like, I don't really think Michael Myers would like lay and wait to attack people you know like he just wiped out a whole police precinct like right he is that kind of frenzy killer he's not like the i'm gonna hide in the closet for 20 minutes while they barricade the house kind of a killer right well and they get a radio up and running which they go to great lengths to explain is battery powered because he didn't have the generator right but they get a hold of the state troopers and as they're talking to the state troopers and trying to confirm when they're going to be there they find out that that innocent guy was shot by the posse so the police chief's like well now i gotta go out there and handle these drunk assholes which there's a part of me that's like why don't we tell them all to go home and you stay here but like it doesn't matter he leaves that's what i would have done i'd have been like yeah the state police will come in and handle all that i'm staying here i'm gonna take this posse and go home (laughs) honestly this is the right call though because like michael myers is in the house yeah and he doesn't know that but yeah (laughs) yeah 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 so that this decision probably saves his life, but yeah, you know, he does leave to go take care of the posse because they're killing people in these streets. Exactly. So uh, they put the girls to bed and Rachel does get up and have like a talk with Kelly of just like, you fucking knew and you did it anyway. And she pours coffee on her. Well, she pours coffee on her after Kelly's like, well, maybe if you got hip to what men really wanted you wouldn't have to worry about women like me stealing your man. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> This is like an insane conversation to have. She what she says is he's not married and you should wise up to what men want or you'll lose more than just Brady. That's what, what it was. Said. I was yeah. like, damn. I was like, okay. good lord. Oof. But anyway, they they put Rachel in front of the radio and they're just like, hey, when the state troopers tell us how many people they're sending and when they're sending them, go tell the guy, the deputy at the door. Cool. Yeah. So Kelly made coffee for the guy at the door. She goes to give it to him and he's not responding. I was like, oh, he did. Uh, And as she sets the coffee down, she sees his body and realizes that who she thought was the deputy in the rocking chair is Michael. And this is where he like pins her to a wall with a gun. I really liked this reveal because I thought, of course, the deputy's just dead in the rocking chair, been stabbed or whatever. And when they reveal his face as she lights that candle and then it pans back over to the chair and then it stands up, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is great. Yes. Well, and this is the part that I'm like, okay, being trapped in a house with Michael is a great device. Yes. It just took us too long to get here. Yeah. Like from here on is where I'm like, hell yeah, this is like fun. Right. 
Right. But the 15 minutes where they're just setting up that they're like locking themselves in, they're nailing shutters shut, like that kind of stuff is sort of boring-ish. Yeah. I, I think what ruins this Michael Myers is the posture and like the hair of the mask a little bit. Oh, yeah, because it's blonde at one it, point. Well, and also like it looks like Gary Busey's haircut at, at all times. <laughs> and it's it's so distracting from like, is that Gary Busey in a what, rocking chair? Because it's just like wild. <laughs> Michael Myers turns around and he's like, I'll rip out your endocrine system. And you're like that. <laughs> It <laughs> does sound like Michael. <laughs> but for real, though, I wanted him to shoot her with a shotgun. Oh, but Michael don't use guns. I mean, he did use this gun, yeah. but he stabbed her into a wall with it, which is, I think, the most bonkers thing to do with a gun. Yeah. So the other thing, too. So then she gets the call from the state troopers. And so Rachel comes into that same room to be like, hey, state troopers are coming. Sees the dead body, sees Michael. And she's like, oh, shit. And so she runs upstairs to Jamie. As she's running, she runs into Brady, who also has a gun. Oh, my God. Uh, Brady had already shot twice, so his gun is empty, right? Mm -hmm. And he takes forever to load it again. To reload it, yeah. And he's like, he's climbed up the first stairs, right? And they're a little bit further ahead of him. And he's like, go, go. And they're like, no, come with us. No, go. I, and he yeah. like, isn't reloading while he's doing this. He's not at all trying to back away from Michael while reloading. Like, it's so crazy to me. Come with us where? A dead end in this house we just barricaded? Like I know, right? Yeah, where are we going to go? I mean, literally what she does makes sense because everything else is, like, yeah. locked up, right? So she has to go onto the roof. But the fact that he just stood there and, like, was not retreating at all as he was actually finally now reloading enough that like Michael Myers was able to like just grab the gun. I was like, this yeah. is, you're an idiot and that's why you're dead. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, grab the gun and just drop it over the stairs. He can't <laughs> think he just had sex for like the third time. If that. I got the impression that they actually did not start having sex. Like they were about to and that's when they got, they got interrupted. At that age, that's all you need is just like a little rubbing. Oh, no, I mean, Mike, that's not wrong I'm just saying it wasn't like fully ass penetrated But he is dead at the end of this With semen stains in his jeans Yes A mm hundred -hmm. yeah. uh, So he he's dead Jamie and Rachel climb up through the attic Where Rachel breaks out one of the attic windows And they climb out onto the roof and she has her on her back, like piggyback style, trying to climb the roof. She's badass, man. I really liked Rachel in this movie. She's yeah. like a badass final girl. She is. And she tries to lower Jamie down, but then Michael attacks. So she kind of drops her. And then she gets basically thrown off the roof. And at that point, you're like, oh, shit, is she dead? Because... Jamie gets down and Jamie crying over her. Oh, so, so sad. Because like she she didn't like get thrown off the roof. She was like hanging on the roof, and but fell, she still yeah. probably fell at least two stories, like a story and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. at least. So like yeah. that is a fall that I I definitely think could have killed you. Like there's that gray area. Yeah, like, depending on how you land. It does yeah. seem like she might be dead, and that's when she's crying over her. You know. Yeah. And then it's revealed that she doesn't die. But like, you know, you thought she might have died. But not until not until this little girl goes off screaming through the neighborhood in the most terrifying scene of the film. Yeah, because literally this murderer is like after her and she has no one left to help her. Well, and she she does it in a very authentic way yeah. where she's like crying and screaming. And you're like, this is how a scared little girl would react. Like, you know, what what do you even do? And like. 
you're so scared for her. Uh, but she runs into Loomis and Loomis is like, the schoolhouse. I'm like, why? Maybe if she had parents, she would have reacted better or braver. <laughs> Don't make fun of her being an orphan. This is like the most down I can punch. Yes. Yeah, you're punching orphans. But really, who's come for the orphans since Michael Myers? This is like fresh, you know, fresh territory here. Jeez. Anyway, so... Loomis takes her into the school for no reason. Yes. He's like, I know a safe place. Yeah. So he tries to shoot Michael. Michael, like, kind of throws him through a door. The little girl runs away. She sees Michael. But Rachel's alive. So Rachel gets him with the fire extinguisher. They manage to run outside where the posse has showed up. And the posse is like, we're just going to take you out of town. We're leaving Haddonfield. We're not, and I think this is the right decision. It's a real posse move. <laughs> it is a real posse move, but I do think it's smart. And if Michael had not been with them, it would have been the perfect plan. But of course, Michael has teleported to underneath the truck. I okay. Is this where they're at the school or having just left the school? They're they're yes. literally they're getting in the truck. They're about to leave the school. So when she runs out of the school and says he's inside, and they ask where, yeah, and she goes in the school. I was like, yes. yeah, no shit, he's in the school. Yeah, you're outside. Know, it's inside. We know he's in the school. We're in the school. And then once they were like, oh, she is in no place to give us accurate information to as to where he right. is. Our only option is to flee. And that's what they do, which I think is the right move. I think it's the right move. He's like, I guess, caped feared under their yes, truck. I guess. But they pass the state troopers and they're like, these are the two kids that Michael's after. We're just heading out of town. And they're like, perfect. We'll go handle him in town. You go wait at this highway patrol station. Yeah, they've got resources and stuff to take care of you there. Yeah. Uh, as they're driving, they hit a patch of fog, which allows Michael to climb up into the bed of the truck, kill four people, and then climb up <laughs> over the top of the truck, reach in through the driver's side and rip that dude's face off roadhouse style. Literally rips his face off. I thought it was nuts that he was able to kill all of the people in the truck one by one. Yeah. Like the truck bed is not like huge. Nope. You definitely nope. <laughs> would have heard your buddy getting killed uh, if you were back there with Especially him. Especially because there's like two or three Wilhelm screams. Yes. <laughs> Just, like what it's it's a couple Wilhelm screams and a goofy so like the second one of your friends was like oh, like you should have been you turn around and shoot the guy attacking you yes yeah 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 yeah. I yeah. also love that like Rachel when the dude who was driving gets his face ripped up she like immediately goes into like I don't know reverts to her like spy school training yeah. because she's like all right I gotta get the corpse out of the car so she opens the door yeah. and nudges him out and then like starts to drive I was like hell yeah Rachel she's a badass well this is exactly what she did to Jamie's parents as she took the orphan away <laughs> Whoa! somebody should be asking these questions somebody needs to so she drives erratically because Michael's trying to kill her and like ripping her sweater and stuff but she eventually throws him off the truck he stands up she runs him over with a great like die you son of a bitch and you're just like yeah uh and as the car hits him it's one of the funniest dummy shots i've ever seen it's like such a stiff body getting flown through the air it's so yes. funny i loved it and it's so clearly a dummy because he doesn't flail or anything. He just like. No, it looks like you picked up a life-size stuffed animal and threw it to your friend across the room. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It's that kind Very of mannequin. pose. Yes. Yeah. You do that often? What? 
that's a weird example to throw out there. But that's exactly right. Like, like if you if you've ever had a dummy or crash test dummy, just where it doesn't have any motion other than just to fly as one piece. It's I don't know. It's have you ever seen the movie Three Amigos? Yeah, of course I have. It's, like in Three Amigos, when he says, "What is happening today?" Our gringos falling from the sky, and his henchman is like, "Yes, El Guapo," uh, and then Martin Short falls. And it's clearly a dummy that like it, whoever, if it was a person, they would have been murdered by that fall. But it's a dummy that falls without flailing head first onto the table. It's that. It's that crazy. Yeah. Anyway. But then Michael, because he's Michael, immediately pops back up, which made it even funnier that it was like clear dummy. And then Michael pops up. Yep. And immediately the cops show up, which is bonkers because no one called them. They would have had to have like gone there, gotten to the school and been like, oh, he's not there. And immediately circled back. I guess like in my mind, he was. Yeah. I mean, because they are they had passed those cops. Like, how did they get there? I don't know, but they, they kind of, she like knocks him into this like ditch down an embankment, Yeah, but he's still alive. And Jamie like holds his hand at one point, which is weird, but he stands up. They unload every clip into him. He falls into some weird pit thing. And this is where they're like, finally he's dead. So we cut to the (laughs) house where they've taken Jamie and Rachel home and Loomis is like, he's in hell, yes. And they're like, well, these poor kids like lived through it. And he's like, they survived the ordeal. They'll survive its memory. And I was uh, like. Just like a mental health professional. <laughs> it was insane. I wrap it up after like a traumatic event. I'm like, well, they, you survived this. You'll survive after this. See you later. It can't be worse than this, right? Um, we do cut to the bathroom where the mom is setting up for a bath. What drove me crazy about the scene is that she puts two towels down on the tub she's filling up. I saw that. And I was like, you're going to get both those towels wet. Like, what are you doing? And why do you need two? It's only going to be one person in the bath at a time. Unless unless Brady's coming over, you know? Brady's dead! Well, I don't know her husband's name. Anyway, so <laughs> we cut to mask POV where we're seeing through someone masked in the house. The mom screams. Everyone runs to the stairs. Who should show up at the top of the stairs? Jamie with bloody scissors. And Loomis is just like, no, let me shoot her. (laughs) Let me kill this orphan child. I love that. He was so mad the sheriff stopped him from murdering that child. Yeah. And they're just like, no. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie and we talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers? Still prefer Season of the Witch. Yeah, (laughs) this movie didn't have enough Tom Atkins in it for me. No, it did have a a couple cool moments, though. Like, I love them being trapped in the house with Michael. I think that's great. I think the little girl did an amazing job. Like she, She was so good. Great little actress. But yeah, like overall, this does feel kind of paint by numbers, except for those two pieces where I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. I did like this movie because it does show that orphans are evil by the end. And then that. (laughs) No, there's some cool set pieces. I just think, I think it's at this point where the franchise kind of loses its soul for a a while. Okay. I think as as one of these major franchises, I think this one suffers the most in the middle. Like, you know, they can't do anything without Jamie Lee Curtis being, being good, you know, like being in it and, and I feel like it suffers from that. 
I haven't seen the other two in this trilogy here in the middle of the movies, but like I dug this one. I do feel like it was, okay, you want something that was just like the first one. Well, this is a lot like the first one, you know? Yeah. It's got that final girl formula that's so common. Uh, but I think it sort of like it nails on delivering the similar beats at, of the first movie. And I think it does a good job at that. And I think the little girl does an amazing job. I think Rachel's an awesome final girl in this movie. So I think I think ultimately it's a great movie. I do understand why people prefer like the Laurie Strode Halloweens. Yeah. Because Jamie Lee Curtis is so iconic. Yes. Uh, and amazing in all of them. But you know, I, I don't think these are bad, especially for the 80s movies or uh, this one. I haven't seen the other two, but this I, one. I think this one takes itself fairly seriously. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because like w- this is a straightforward slasher film. Like you can't really find fault with it in the way that mm-hmm. like when you watch a Friday the 13th movie, you're like, this doesn't even make sense. These characters don't have names. I don't care about them. Yeah, this is grounded in reality, at least. Yeah, they made an effort. Yeah, for sure. It's just, you know, it it's it ends up being a little basic in that regard, with the exception of the few p- pieces that really stand out. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that chair reveal where he stands up out of the chair was almost as iconic as the mask reveal behind Laurie Strode in that first yeah. movie. I don't think it was as iconic, but it's very similar. Like that stuck with me. I was like, shit, that. That's a really good sort of misdirect right there. It's fun to watch in October. Yeah, I I agree. I think we watch these movies at the perfect time of year for them. And that perhaps makes made me like this one more today than I would have if we did this in like April or some shit. Yeah. But like I I dug it today. I thought it was a good reimagining of the Halloweeniverse, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Michael, Michael, fun fun facts. facts. Now, this doesn't fully make it into the final cut of the movie, but originally there was a scene filmed to bridge Halloween 2 with Halloween 4, where Mm. they kind of recap Michael's death from the first movie with Loomis telling them to let him burn. Um, Now, this is called back in Halloween Kills 2021, where Jamie Lee Curtis screams, let it burn, because she set her own house on fire. So that's meant to be a callback there. Now, Danielle Harris, who played the little girl, revealed in a documentary that when she ran through the neighborhood screaming for help, people legitimately called the cops because she was banging on doors and yelling for someone to help me. And the doors she's banging on are ones that like they know it's going to happen. But the neighbors didn't necessarily know it was going to happen. (laughs) And you would hear that from across the street for sure. Yeah. And you would hear that from across the street and it was four o'clock in the morning, which also I have questions about them having a child working at four o'clock in the morning, but whatever. So they're hearing her as a little girl screaming up the streets and that like crying and screaming that she's doing and falling. And the cops showed up because they were like, someone tried to kidnap a kid, but because the cops showed up, the National Enquirer reported that she was kidnapped off the set. Oh my <laughs> like, God. Which was not true. That did not happen, but like... It did get reported, yeah. It did get reported. Uh, so because she is a very young girl, um, George P. Wilbur, who played Michael in this movie, he didn't want her to be actually scared. So before takes, he would lift up his mask and remind her that they were just making a movie and he was not really going to hurt her and he would never actually hurt her. What a nice guy. Yeah, that's really sweet. I know. I was like, that's very, very sweet. Did you read that in his like really self-focused autobiography? It's all about him. Um, (laughs) That's Uh, Jason. uh, That's uh, Kane Hodder. She did eventually 
eventually sell that clown costume to a fan. She auctioned it off. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, now, John Carpenter actually wrote a treatment for this film. Really? Oh. Yes. Hmm. Which there was contention, right? Because he originally wanted Halloween to be an anthology, so it wouldn't always be Michael. And he kind of... <laughs> reluctantly came back to Michael, but he didn't really want to make this movie, but he did write a treatment for it. And his treatment focused heavily on the psychological impact that Michael had had on Haddonfield. And there was a question in that treatment as to whether Michael was even still around or if Michael had died, but his memory was enough to cause terror in Haddonfield. I feel like some of that does make this draft because that's like the posse right. and the way that they react to it all. Like, yeah, I could see that. It's That's not what it's about, but that's in it. That's not what it's about, but that's in it. And so apparently in that draft, Michael continued to be dead but the fact that people had ptsd and would think they were seeing him were like that's how the guy gets shot so i think that's from that draft that stays in this Uh Uh, but the producers of the movie really wanted a slasher like the original halloween so at that point john carpenter left the film making this the first in the series to have no participation from him in other films he has at least been a producer or contributed something but he refused after that point, which is kind of I would have watched the fuck out of that movie. But like mm-hmm. they wanted it to be a slasher. So that's why he leaves. That's why they continue without him. So Jamie's name in the original script was Britain or Britty for short, uh, but was changed in homage to Jamie Lee Curtis once they knew she would not be participating. Ah, OK. Mm-hmm. So the original script, the very first draft. Now, this is after the treatment Carpenter wrote. So this is their first draft to trying to make it a slash. OK, uh, there was an opening shot of a long hospital corridor suddenly blowing up and throwing Loomis from the explosion. Oh, Hell my yeah. God. As a reference to the end of Halloween two, to then show how he survived. Uh, but then it's it was decided that the film shouldn't have any connections to the previous two. So that's why we get Mr. Exposition Dump, right? Yeah. Officer Exposition. O- Officer Exposition. Yeah. Um, so that's also where Loomis gets scars. So they're just like, we're not even going to talk about it. You're just going to yada, yada, yada scars, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, in late 1986, the Canon Group, a.k.a. producers Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus, contracted producer, producer Deborah Hill and director John Carpenter to work on a potential screenplay for Halloween 4 as they were interested in optioning the rights like they had for Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, arguably one of our favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. It's so good. Carpenter and Hill turned in a treatment which is thought to have been maybe a version of that more psychological one that we just talked about. That you talked about, yeah. And the Canon Group hated it and ultimately decided not to produce the film. Now, again, this is two years before this happens. Shortly afterwards, Carpenter Carpenter and Hill sold all their remaining interest in the Halloween franchise to Mustafa Akkad, who produced this film, and then developed this film with a completely new script fashioned more around a slasher. So that's kind of how the treatments fit in. So we almost got a, a cerebral psychological Halloween film from the people that brought us Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I would watch that. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, page. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers in 1988? Six million. Okay, Paige, what do you think? 
This floated around distributors a little bit. I'm actually going to go three and a half million. All right. So Mikey's closer, but you guys were in the right ballpark. It was five million dollars, which if you adjust for inflation is right at $13 million today. Now, this movie premiered on October 21st, 1988, and it was number one the weekend it came out. It beat the number two movie was The Accused. Number three was Alien Nation. Number four was Punchline. And number five was Gorillas in the Mist. What do you think Halloween 4 made in its opening weekend? I'm going to say 10. Okay. Eight. Mikey, you are closer. It was $6.8 million. Now, this movie was only in theaters for, it looks like, three weeks total because uh, it ran from the 21st through the weekend of the 4th of November. What do you think it made in the box office in its, I'll say, worldwide because it did not get an international release? 28. Okay. Paige, what do you think? 32. All right. It actually brought in? $17.7 million. So not a lot more than its budget, but it definitely made a little bit of money. For sure. If you adjust that 17.7 to today's dollars, it's right around $46 million today. But on a $5 million budget to make 17, almost 18 million, that's not terrible. But not as much as I'm sure they were hoping for. But that is your box office. Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale listeners, scale of 1 to 10, how scary we found the film. We watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. Uh, I'm going to give this a two. Okay. Just for that that one scene with, with them trapped in the house and that scene with the little girl screaming. I'll give this okay. a two. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two as well. But largely because of the little girl screaming, especially mm-hmm. after we think Rachel might be dead. And uh, the body horror when the guy's driving the car and gets his face ripped off, like that shit got yeah. me. I think I'm going to give it a two, two. But I think I would prefer my Michael Myers film like a John Wick film, but it's Michael Myers being John Wick and he just goes through murdering a bunch of people and you like follow his point of view. Oh, that could be an interesting flip as well. Anyway, that's our scary scale. Well, this week you guys made us watch Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. What are you guys making us watch next week? As we start a new theme, right? So our theme for this next coming upcoming month, Mikey and I, we're kind of blending a few things. We're doing vampires and werewolves. Oh, so like the lichened family. No, lichens are just wolves. Well, fuck them. Don't they have like a, like a common ancestor? <laughs> vampires? No. <laughs> and werewolves? Don't They're they? mortal enemies. I thought they were like, maybe that's an underworld. Hang on. It is an underworld. Well, you are uh, talking underworld, about Rise underworld. Rise of the Lichens. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is a franchise we've never touched we have not. Franchise. We have never even touched Underworld. Maybe it's time. <laughs> but we're going to start it off with a classic that Mikey has wanted to do pretty much since he joined the podcast. Yes, yes, And yes, has yes. almost never been streaming. But it is streaming right now. We are finally doing Dog Soldiers. That's the one I asked if we were going to do. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, no spoilers. Yeah. I mean, I never get <laughs> yeah. to pick the movie. So you guys decide this without me a bunch. You know, yep. so like, yeah, that's awesome. But Mikey, I do remember you wanted to do this way back in the day, but it wasn't yeah. streaming anywhere, right? Like, it wasn't that anyone was opposed. It just wasn't streaming. I showed my all my friends this movie in college. I'll talk about it next week. Awesome. Well, I can't wait. So your homework for next week is to finally stream Dog Soldiers mm-hmm. and then come back for that episode next week. Yep. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No. Well, while you're looking one up, let me read one of our Spotify comments that came in last week on our Saw 2 episode. 
And uh, that comment is from Michael. He says, ooh, Michael, on this episode, imagine that. But Michael says, this episode is a banger. I cannot wait till y'all go further down the spiral. It only took four years uh, and the highlandering of a previous host to get here. Please don't take four more to get to three. I'm assuming that's four more years, not four more hosts to get to Saw 3. And I'm sure we'll do Saw 3 before, what, what would that be? 2027 <laughs> yeah i i think we gotta kick saw into high gear and do some more saws to get through them we've burned through phantasm like real quick we have we need to space out phantasm maybe get into another purge as well yeah but michael thank you so much for that awesome spotify comment and if you want me to read your spotify comments leave us a comment under our episodes in spotify now mikey do you have a review for us to read yeah i got one USMC5855 uh, says they put the social in parasocial. Oh, <laughs> this is the best group of people, including now two landowners. Three. Yeah, we all own now. property at this point because Paige did finally buy a house. Yes. I just want to say that this podcast, its constructs and creations are amazing. Five stars. Well, thank you so much, US Marine Corps, maybe USMC. Mm, I feel like it's close enough. That's close enough where I'm not going to argue with it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's definitely what it is, maybe. Thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have us read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. We are actually one review away from 1,400 reviews, which to me is insane. But if you want to be that 1,400th, leave us a review right now. Mm-hmm. So guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If if you want to financially support me but not Todd just look me up on Venmo if you can't financially support the show that's understandable that's fine but if you want to hang out with us on the daily join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash virgin we also link it like once a week so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group literally we're in there talking every day it's awesome and guys we got a P.O. box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box it's actually not a P.O. box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 Nolansville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's been, like, driving her crazy this week. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week, guys? Just bullying people for being orphans. Oh, my and, God. Yeah, bullying people for being orphans and having sex next to fireplaces. I mean, fair, I suppose, right? 
Mm-hmm. Although, why have a fireplace if you're not going to have sex next to it? I was thinking it? about this as I was watching the film, Todd, because as a landowner, I now have a fireplace, but it's tiled in front of it. So I'm going to have to get some big old pillows or something. No, what you need is an extra thick bearskin rug. You're right. You're absolutely right. But Tia, I definitely understand why you would have a problem with, you know, your daughter bullying people on any level, whether they're orphans or not. But. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan, and Jonathan wants me to steal your screens right now and make you watch this video. So I'm going to do just that. This video is Wild Stolen Work Truck Pursuit. This happened in California, Paige. Oh, it's a lady. Oh, my God. That looks like what's love got to do with it got to do with Oh, my, oh my God. God. Oh, no. Oh, oh my, my God. God. She's running across the interstate. Oh, my God. This is the worst game of adult frogger I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. She did it. Oh, it's the 91, too. Like, oh, oh, my fuck. God. Yo, get this lady in the WNBA. She's got moves. Of course she runs to a Denny's page. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Is she going to hijack another car? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, her wig oh, no. came off, Oh, Paige. wait, maybe it's... Wait, it isn't a lady? Wig. I don't know. This is out of control. <laughs> Not a Carl's Jr. Oh, no. Oh, we just got Rickrolled something hard. But listen, the joke's on you, because I love this song. This is a great oh, song. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. I hate you so much. Love a high-speed chase. But, Jonathan, thank you so much for scaring the shit out of me just now <laughs> and for your support. But now we return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. Now, Mikey, do you remember the new character's name and what <laughs> happened when that reveal happened? Let me be officer exposition for you right now, Mikey. <laughs> Because I just edited that episode. I know his name. What's his name? Edward. That's right. So they were going to flip a coin into the wishing well to get out of fairy land. Oh, he came land. out and caught it. Yes. I remember. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Man. So really, whenever you're ready. Good thing I planned this all out of what he was when he came out of that well. Okay. 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 Edward, he, he catches the coin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, okay. And he's like, my name's Edward. Y'all are fucked. <laughs> Solid opening line. I was one of the people who lost my family during the global plague of OJ years ago, and I have been following you around since then. The plague of OJ, Mikey? Yeah, the remember the when with it created all the Isaac created all the zombies on Earth. I'm Reaching back three years in patriarchal canon. Wow. So this guy's been following them like Gollum for three years. I went to, he's like, I went to the Jurassic (laughs) Dinotopia world. Yeah. You were already gone, but now I'm here. God, we've been doing this for three years. (laughs) Okay. And um, he's like, this is my wish. He pulls a Goonies or whatever. Hell yeah. And and, uh, he throws it down. And then everybody disappears and they like reset the thing and they wake up and um, yeah, they are in a high speed chase now. They're on a giant rig, Mad Max Fury Road style. And like Isaac's driving and he's like, what the fuck? Where are we? Everybody's like all dressed like Mad Max. Everybody's dressed like Mad Max. Oh, so they did get out of fairytale land. Yeah. And now they're just in like Thunderdome world. Yeah, exactly. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh-huh. And Kate, 
she's like, okay, let me test out my psychic power. She still has her psychic powers. She she moves around some random shotgun shells in the kit. She's sitting on the front with it's all big. So there's like we haven't figured out the dimensions yet of this giant Mad Max vehicle that they're on. Is it like a Winnebago maybe? With like a sheared side, perhaps? No, it's bigger. It's fuck it's like a it's like a it's like a land train. If this is like gonna be a snowpiercer kind of thing, I'm gonna be so mad at you. It's not snowpiercer. I'm not gonna do that. I hate that. Yeah, okay. There's good. no snow. They're in a desert. Okay. It's Mad Max land. Okay. And one of the sidecars, uh, Karun and uh, Natasha have their 18 blue. Ch- they're still blue. They're still children. And they're like, we just want to go back to space with the last remains of our species or whatever. Right. Erin is no longer a witch. She, um, she's she got a bow and arrow. She's okay. like fucking Katniss now. Nice. That's her new thing. And then... Um, Wes is still really handsome, and he's like um top, and he's got a Jason mask on, but he takes it off a lot because he's super handsome. <laughs> he's like, I keep the mask on so I don't like dazzle you with my handsomeness. Uh huh. Allie's still a mermaid. She's like, oh fuck, I'm still a mermaid. Uh, Boezy. <laughs> She's a mermaid in the desert. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. This cost sounds some terrible points. for Allie. Yeah. Allie, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Boezy's still on his jet ski, but now it's like a land jet ski, and it's a like Mad Max style. Use your imaginations. Jeremy no longer has his laser eyesight, so he's just a man with one robotic toe. <laughs> he's Mr. Roboto. <laughs> Nailed it. Libby now is like Furioso and has a mechanical arm. Okay. Which is much cooler than a mechanical toe. Mr. Rage Bomb still fires fireworks at his hand, so he's doing it at the back of the truck, going up into the desert, just like the movie. Love it. He's also on the back playing bass guitar. No, that's Sunzi. Sunzi's in the back. Yeah, Sunzi's in the back playing the guitar, and they have his mouth uh, taped shut because everybody still is annoyed by him. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. I bet a lot of people out there wish I'd tape my mouth shut. Like Like the American (laughs) Cancer Society? (laughs) I was about to make that same joke, but I was laughing about it before I could get it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> River Moon is now It's gotta be something holistic Like she's gotta be like a yogi or some shit Her name's River Moon No yeah she just has a bunch of fungus Like she just like oh eat this fungus Eat this natural remedy She's got a bunch of roots and fungus And and like she's a person like that now Yeah Esen- Essential oils So she's the only person in this Mad Maxiverse That is like trying to get people to join their MLM Yeah pretty much Nice Trying to build that pipeline Yeah I love it uh, James Aries, he like wakes up. He's like, oh, everybody's got new cool stuff, but he's still dressed as an old timey knight. And he's like, my shit doesn't work. It's, it's going to honestly rust up in the desert, man. You got to like. And then he feels something in his right hand, but it's not what you think. Uh oh. It's not his penis. It's sex caliber. It's still a sword and it's still talking. And he's like, what is this? And he's like, have you seen the movie Mad Max? And he's like, no, I'm a sword from a fairy tale land. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's like, we'll explain it to you. Um, Vixen Avery, uh, she um, only she has two machine guns and a lot of bullets around her all the time now. Like the 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 things that cross over bandoliers, and she's dressed in all white. Nice. Madeline's still a jester because I'm not done with that. She's just cartwheeling around on top of the big rig, and then and then behind them, there's hundreds of vehicles chasing them and a big ass one with Edward, and he looks like the Immortan Joe. 
He looks like a Morton Joe mixed with Tina Turner. Yes. Tina Amortum. I love this. It has a whole army that he controls chasing them, and that's the new setup for these episodes. Immortina. Immortina. Yes. And Edward has Jay's pack, <gasps> who can still magically summon everything. Love it. Wait, is he a pack again, or is he like a person now? Because he was a person for a second in Fairy Tale. He Land. was, but Edward wished him back into a pack. He's a villain. Oh, Ooh. I love this. This is the desert truck of a killer, Bella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the episode where I set up the new stuff. Well, I guess we'll have to wait to find out next week how everyone fares in the new land of Mad Maxiverse on another episode of Mediocre Patreonicals. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye, Haddonfield nerds.